everyone. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It's February the 2nd of 2022, which means that if, I don't know, you look outside and you see a shadow, then that shadow might stab you because uh, bad stuff happens in manga when it involves shadows, Seeming it seems. What about shadow clothes? That's That's been used for good. Yeah, but also evil. Oh, that's true. Um... Hmm, a good shadow. Shikamaru uses shadows for good. He strangles people with it sometimes, though. Yeah, but those are bad people. You're allowed to do that to bad yeah, people. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> Nick, would you want Hidan in your neighborhood? No. There you go. Shikamaru handled that for you. You're welcome. I'm not going to reply to this with the five different things I could say in response to that because we have to we have to uh, we have other things to talk about. I don't know. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. I had a, I had a real quick anecdote that uh, got an amusing chuckle out of me, if you would like. Um, OK, so I, I went to the bookstore with my sister and uh, we were walking past the manga section and my sister has only read one manga in her life. Uh, it okay. was a while ago. And it was Death Note. I was like, because I was at a time where I was like, Death Note's pretty, like, easy. Like, it's easy to bridge that gap. It's not weird in a lot of the ways manga is right. typically weird. And, like, for someone brand new, it's just kind of like an interesting story premise. So she read that and enjoyed it. And then I watched a Death Note live action movie with her. And that was the uh, Netflix one. No, this was the live action Japanese one in the okay. theater with cosplayers, and that was too oh, much dear. for her. She was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. like, she saw people getting autographs from cosplayers, and she's like, I don't, that's not L. I don't know why you're getting that person's autograph. Why would they care? It's just a person, it's not L. Um, so we're in the, the library, and she's like, oh, yeah, I was telling uh, one of my friends, uh, is, like kids or something like that reads manga. And I was telling them about how uh, I uh, about like One Piece. And I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't think too much of it because I was like, I used to talk all the time about One Piece. So she probably sure, sure, sure. that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I should probably pick up One Piece again. I was like, you never read One Piece. She's like, yeah, I did. It was the one with the the book and the, the, the monster guy. I was like, no, that's Death Note. You've been telling people you've been reading One Piece. <laughs> And I, I just found myself very tickled at the idea that there's somewhere out there that, that thinks my sister who doesn't read manga at all has been up to date on this 25-year-old series with fucking a thousand chapters to it. Honestly, there's enough characters in One Piece that maybe there's a character somewhere in there that could, yeah. you could mistake for you can light. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just I got tickled by that. For but like tonally speaking. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I can't imagine. I, I guess there are worse series I could have you read, but I can't like getting you to read Death Note was difficult enough. I can't even begin to tell you how upward that pitch would be. Like, it's about a pirate who's made of rubber. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. He's probably the second most normal one in the crew. <laughs> this one guy puts a sword in his mouth and can talk. That is not a point of contention within the series. Just the just the like the clash of everything between those series to get them confused. Can you imagine like you know a series starting off? Yeah, I to demo you may all die. Just all of the straw hats slowly falling off the boat one at a time from heart attacks. Like oh man, this is a dark series. I like this. <laughs> 
And of course, there'd be an entire other crowd that'd just be like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> All right. I'm concerned about you, but you do you, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, we are talking about a series today that is largely unlike either of those two. So shift gears the third time, a second time, whatever. <laughs> we are talking about a series today called Hitomi-chan is Shy with Strangers, or its Japanese title Hitomi-chan wa Hitomishiri. It's a series that's been going on since September of 2018. Uh, it's currently serialized in the Akita Shoten ma- magazine. It's a website, uh, but it's like publications with their online with manga tend to be called magazines. I don't know. I don't really I still don't really get it. Manga Cross uh, written by Chorisuke Natsumi. It is a romantic comedy, mostly slice of life mm-hmm. manga. About this girl named Hitomi, who uh, is starting off at high school at the very beginning of the series. uh, And she runs into this boy who happens to be a senpai at her school, despite the fact that he is almost literally a child in appearance. um, Named, uh, I have to keep on looking at his name, Usami. (laughs) (laughs) He's senpai, whatever. Senpai. And... uh, so he helps her on her way to school, which is a big deal for Hitomi because a lot of people are really put off by her appearance because she is this large and intimidating looking girl because she has resting shark face uh, yeah. is, a, is a pretty straightforward way to put it. Uh, she's got, you know, really sharp teeth and her eyes are can be really scary when she's not focusing or rather, when she is focusing even on trying to look friendly, she can't like force a smile when she does. She just looks scary and stuff. So the title and the premise you kind of start off with is this girl is kind of lonely because nobody really wants to approach her and she doesn't have the guests to approach people and try to make friends with them. Anyway, she immediately makes friends and goes and does stuff with them. <laughs> um. It's uh, this was a series that was kind of vaguely pitched to us in the sense of it's a series like, you know, Kami-san can't communicate or like, please don't tease me, Nagatoro-san, where it's this girl who there is a relationship between her and this guy. And it is and she has a kind of there's a kind of a gimmick to the way that she generally socially interacts with people. Mm-hmm. And then it's mostly about her her life at school after yeah, that it's it's it, it is i think it was described i believe in the initial recommendation that way and became a large topic of our discord's conversation about the series in the past two weeks is kind of primarily comparing it uh to those two series uh which makes a lot of sense they are as you say a slice of ice series that's mostly comedy focused about the relationship predominantly about uh a main female character and then a love interest who is kind of intentionally not interesting um in some fashion you know like in komi he that's his trait is he's boring in right nagatoro, he's 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 some guy that's his yeah. name and, so <laughs> in nagatoro the lead was initially written blank so it could be a self-insert for yourself uh and things of that nature so um it falls into that realm but then eventually like those series as well uh becomes like just a more cute slice of life romantic series mm-hmm. um with a lot of like simple comedy and things like that um now the first thing 
I know that myself and probably a lot of people noticed as they read this series was um, the gigantic chest of a particular character. Um, which, which one? <laughs> uh, uh, don't make me say it out loud. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of gigantic yeah. chests among the cast. Is there, my are, point. There, there are. Um, and it was one of these things where I was like, all right, because as I first read it, like, my initial impression was trying to compare it to... I don't really have much of a frame of reference for Nagatoro, but I do have at least one for Komi, uh, where I was yeah. like, all right, this is a little bit hornier than what I expected for Komi, or than, than what I expected. But I I eventually came to the realization that I was like, well, it doesn't aggressively sexualize them in a way that's all that different from how those other series have as well. Like I remember vaguely Nagatoro doing it. And even Komi still has a way of focusing on like Komi's legs or her hair or her looks like it, it could still boil their, their female leads down to uh, just like who like body parts and things like that at times. Um, so I, I was a little bit like put off by that, but then got over it and realized like, eh, hey, it's not that bad. Um, but the the thing that really i guess struck me was that i forgot this series had a premise i really like <laughs> i forgot that there's supposed to be a thing that that yeah. hitomi is supposed to be shy and i felt like it was very difficult to actually see that in practice like maybe just because i like i mean komi makes it so readily apparent that that's the right. gimmick um, and I think to even other series where there's like maybe like a very nervous lead character where it's like, oh, like I had an example and I completely lost it. But just a character like a side character in a plot who's just like a nervous, shy character. It's more apparent like with the Tomy, she constantly is like going along with everything. So I, I can't I, I forget that the the premise, the hook to the series is supposed to be like, oh, she's very nervous because I, I, I wouldn't notice it after like the first chapter or two. She's she's pretty easygoing uh, after she actually makes contact with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the series is not her trying to overcome shyness, which is just kind of just kind of makes it weird that the series has the title that it does. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, there was, you know, like uh, the author did like a pilot version of this. And then there were some changes made when it became an actual series. So maybe in the initial vision that they had for the story that, you know, lack of comfort socially interacting with people was a bigger part of Hitomi's character. That was just kind of like pushed to the side because it's like, well, I just want to, you know, draw this girl and her friends and her boyfriend who won't acknowledge that he's her boyfriend. And she won't acknowledge that he's she's his girlfriend, even though. They are clearly dating in and all but the fact that they have acknowledged that they are dating like <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I just want to, you know, draw them, you know, going out and doing fun stuff together. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine. Yeah, you know, that's, that's perfectly it, fine. It's a, it, it is a slice of life story. It is about, you know, young characters who are, you know, experiencing the springtime of youth and they're going out and doing yeah. fun things. And they're just getting in very down to earth situations. And that is the story. And um, for a series that initially seemed like it was going to be uh, aggressively horny, uh, it's not because there is not a single weirdly horny character who you hate. Like they introduce, true. 
They introduce a big brother character, and weirdly, I don't even know if this is allowed in manga, he doesn't have some weird, creepy obsession with his nope. sister. In fact, it's the exact opposite, and he does everything he can to, like, help her pursue this romance in a healthy, yeah. like, kind of comedic way. And I was like, this isn't right. You're supposed to, like, be upset about that she's seen somebody else and get obsessive. The brother is one of the best characters in the story. Just because it's like, oh, what a cool big brother. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there is a, a more recent chapter where like the two of them, I, by which I mean, Bitomi uh, and Senpai are like stuck somewhere and it's raining so hard that like the streets are flooded. They can't use the train to get back home and stuff. And so she calls her brother and he's like, OK, hang on. And they calls it back a bit later. Yeah, I booked you guys a hotel like and they're like, well, wait, one one hotel for both of us. Yeah, he won't do anything. I trust him. It's like, what a cool big brother. Yeah. You know, is, <laughs> so, um, I do disagree with you that there's no aggressively horny character in this series because uh, I, the little sister, I guess the little sister is pretty horny. <laughs> Hers seems like uh, a bizarre level of respect she just wants to see those abs and she doesn't want to do anything to touch them she wants to touch the abs look it's just because they're not (laughs) just because they're not a normally sexualized aspect of a person doesn't mean that what she's doing is not weird okay she goes through an entire there is an entire chapter where it's cold outside so so hitomi's bundled up and kaoru who is sami's younger sister who's in the same year as hitomi dedicates the entire day to getting Hitomi to be hot enough that she'll take off enough of her clothes that she can expose her abs. <laughs> like, this is a chapter of the story, okay? I guess what I should say is it, it, there's no sleazy, horny characters. Like, because even even uh, Komi has um, the a couple of the girls who you're just like, yeah, okay. Calm down. <laughs> this, yeah, this is this is uncomfortable. Like now. Uh, like you buy. I don't know any of them. I, if they're not Narcisse, yandere girls. If they're not Narcisse or Katai. I don't know a classmate's name. I'm sorry. Those are the only two important ones. Yandere girl is yeah. who. Is uh, yeah, them. yeah, she's one of the ones who you're like. Mm. And big boobs call me a dog girl. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. Look, I think that it is fair to acknowledge the fact that sex appeal is a big part of the series and whatever, you know, like that. I think that it's fair to say that sex appeal is a pretty big appeal of this entire subgenre of of slice of life stories that focus on a single attractive girl who has a weird quirk about the way that she socially interacts with people, which is usually reflected in the title of the story Mm -hmm. that she is the star of, which is a lot of different details. So I I was thinking about that earlier and I just kind of like started trying to think of like names that we can call this subgenre because I don't know if there is if there is one for it or not. All right. I'm ready to hear them. So uh, I've got a school waifu. Um, thirst trap, just thirst trap, you know, but I think that's not thirst trap manga. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's not descriptive enough of the slice of life element. Okay. Chicken soup for the nards. (laughs) Um, cause you know, it makes you feel good inside, but also makes you probably the winner. (laughs) 
but also like you know like you know yeah, anyway yeah. uh and my actual serious one slice of waifu okay slice of waifu i like yeah. that one i like that one now i think chicken soup for the nards is the one i'm gonna go with. <laughs> this is another one of those old chicken soups for the nards <laughs> And look, I'm not hating on the fact that there is like, you know, a, a, a sexy component to this because like you said, it's not like so like in your face and to the point that like it just gets uncomfortable because of the relentless assault of it or it's not sleazy enough that you get really uncomfortable with it. I would say that this series is probably roughly as horny as Nagatoro is, but Nagatoro goes for those like niche fetishes so they you can so it's they're easier to kind of like look at and goes like oh oh um i don't know if i want to um, uh, but whereas you know this one's like she has boobs and abs it's like all right yeah well, <laughs> I, I would even say to to pull back from it a little bit um after a little bit, like after the first initial chapters, I feel like it becomes less and less of even a thought to it. There is, I guess, some level that you have to consider. It never goes completely away. It, but it you're never right. goes completely away. And but a, a lot of it finds itself sort of restricted to um, like the weird end of chapter illustrations and yeah. things like that. Um, but in in the same way, because I, I did when I first started reading this series, I was like, Giant girl, big breasts, perfect abs, shark tooth. Molderman recommended this series, didn't he? I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> I'm gonna go check that out. And then eventually I came to realize, oh, Molderman recommended this series because it's very sweet and down to earth and earnest uh, and, and just a relaxing series. That's probably why he, he did it. And mm -hmm. I'm sure the shark tooth and the abs have nothing to do with it. Nothing. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I, I I did eventually come around to what I was saying, where I'm like, I found this series to be just a very gentle, calming read. Like, I think when we read uh, Komi, I couldn't remember how far we got specifically into it. And it was a while later before I actually started picking up the volumes. But I, those are kind of the exact pace I like to read these series at, where every couple months, a new volume comes out and I'll just read a volume of it. And that's how I experience it, and you don't overload with anything, and it's just like a nice, relaxing, gentle read, where you get a couple chuckles, mm -hmm. you see these kids doing dumb, cute things, and you're like, alright, sweet, and you're, you're a little bit happier after you finish it. Um, that's probably how I would say this series should be as well, because that's the general impression I've got from the people who like it. They're like, I like just reading this as like a nice slice of life, feel-good series. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. It's, um... It's not for me generally, but I also had an incredibly easy time reading this series. Yeah. Like there was there was really not really much of a point in it where I was like, oh, this is really good. But there was literally never a point where I was like, I don't want to read this anymore or I don't want to read this for the rest of the day. It just like, all right. Yeah. You know, some some stuff where Hitomi gets to do some things and, you know, usually gets to be happy at the end. And that's yeah. nice. I will say this, you know. Talking just on an aesthetic level, I understand why the creator likes to draw Hitomi. I think that she's got, you know, a design that is like, you know, different Like, because she is so tall and she's got the, you know, the shark face and stuff, which is which makes her look different and stuff. And she's got, you know, it's one of those like she looks different, but she also looks cool and cute. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, 
a lot of the characters are just kind of there for me. Yeah, I, I would say that's maybe my biggest weakness to the series. The only characters that I really felt have any kind of like memorable quality to them is the older brother, whose name I don't know. It's it's just the fact that he is an older brother who is not weird to his younger sister in any way is just like a nice thing. And then maybe Kaoru, because like, I don't know, she's got a lot of energy to her, I guess. Yeah. And she's constantly like looking at his homie and her brother, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, come on, come on, ah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, like I to them, I get a little bit, but like even Hitomi herself, I don't find particularly like interesting. She's fine. She's 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 fine. And the lead Usa or whatever his name is, I think it's Usa yeah. only because. I remember the American girl showing up and her saying Usa. And I was like, is she calling him USA? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's, like, no it's Usa. Okay. Um, Speaking of the American girl, thank God for her. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't show up very much yet because she's kind of like a more recent character. She gave me my only laugh of this story. Because <laughs> 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 well, there's a there's a, a brief bit after she shows up where it's uh, Valentine's Day. So Hitomi wants to give Usami a gift. Uh, she wants to give him some chocolate. And so, you know, she's going through the day and she can't find like a good, you know, time to work up the nerve to give him the chocolate. And so Usa's like, all right. Uh, not Usa. Angie is her name. Angie is the American girl's name. And she's like, all right, listen, uh, I'll give you an opening to casually give him your gift. So, okay, follow my lead. And then she comes around the corner and just like, Hey, Usa, she wants to give you something. <laughs> just immediately just yells out, Hey, she's trying to give you a, a chocolate thing. She, she likes you. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was my laugh of the, of the entire series. So I had to wait a while for that, but I got it. <laughs> you got your one. Uh, I, I will say, sadly, I've yet to see a chapter that really got me a, a good laugh out of it. But I will say, I did get a chapter that got me, like, a cute aww moment, uh, which is uh, somewhat, like, I think it's maybe the second volume. Uh, Hitomi and Usa are out, and it starts raining, and they hide underneath the bridge. And mm -hmm. uh, Usa notices that Hitomi is cold, because she's not wearing, like multiple layers or anything like that so it's just gold so he's like all right i'm gonna go out and get an umbrella and he comes back with just one umbrella and he's all muddy but he's like hey we can walk home and she sees that he's muddy but she did this i think so she pulls in close to him and he's like aren't you worried about the mud and she's like i don't mind it and then the rain stops but the two of them like walking together so they keep doing it for a little bit and then like to the joke at the end of the chapter someone being like the rain stopped you kids and then they're nervous but i was like I know I've seen this premise done before of like two people walking under the same umbrella and it stops raining, but they keep walking. But I was still just like, all right, these little dorks, these fucking nerds are being cute. I like it. You know, I'm happy for them. And that was probably the moment I turned to a more positive level with the series. Yeah, I get that. I personally don't understand why the hell these two aren't just like dating at this point. Yeah, that was another thing where I was like, at a, like, Eventually, they give each other, like, Valentine's Day chocolates, and I was just like, you're just dating. Like, you're just dating. They're at basically point. dating. Like, they hold hands. Like, they're like, oh. All hey, the time. Yeah. They hold hands all the fucking time. I think it was at, like, the school festival. It was like, hey, you want to go see the school festival? They hold hands and start walking. I was like, so you're just dating, all right? Like, <laughs> like I don't know what levels of hoops you're jumping through. Fucking Glover over here to figure out how you're like, oh, we're not dating or whatever. 
I like I was thinking about going into this and saying like, yeah, you know, there's like a certain amount of tension between them, but they're both so innocent. So you don't want to like shout at them like just fuck already. You want to shout at them just hold hands already, except that they're holding hands all the time. It's just that they, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's a matter of like they're both so shy or what, but like everyone around them who doesn't mistake them for senpai being her younger brother and or her son. And <laughs> which is a joke that will not go away because he's so small and young looking yeah. can see that like they clearly like each other and clearly both of them like each other, except it's not just that they won't confess to each other, but literally there will be moments where like Hitomi is talking to another guy and Dusami will start to get jealous and he'll be like, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel this way? It's like the times you held hands. Like, <laughs> do you not know what that means? <laughs> it, it, it's because I, I believe they are dating now. I haven't caught up a hundred percent on the series, but I do believe they are now at least recognizing their feelings for one another. But you have to understand like, that's like 70 chapters in or something like that. By like chapter 30, they're holding hands. Like, you have to understand. You're just like, but you guys are just dating now, right? Like, did I miss something or did you guys just not pick up on this? It's okay. It's still not the worst, you know, most frustrating romance we've ever read because we've read Bakuman. So, uh, <laughs> I will say uh, this is, this is frustrating only in a comedic way. It's not something where I'm just like, wow, this is stupid. This whole series premise is right. It's just one of those things. You're just like, it's surprising because them holding hands feels like it should be a huge leap. And it is, not seen as that they're just like all right let's go walk around da, 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 da. Like, all right <laughs> fucking bravo i guess uh yeah i want i think i've brought up all the thing, different things that i wanted to bring up i guess my final say on is i did not super enjoy this series but it was more than perfectly adequate like it was it was okay yeah but like you know positive okay <laughs> so uh, I think I'm in a similar boat. This is not necessarily a series for me, um, but it, this is, uh, I think it's Seven Seas, I believe, that publishes this series, and two yes. volumes are out. Um, I could see this being a series I would pick up the volumes for, just to read it, just because, like, as I said, it's very cute and simple, and once you read it a little bit, it's not hard to do it. Um, but I did I did enjoy it uh, to a, a, a small extent, but I guess more so what I'm trying to say. Sorry. I understand why the audience that likes the series does like it. I was completely like, okay, I get it. I see why you guys like this thing. I don't know if I necessarily like it as much as you do. I think I would probably look towards Comey as like a better version of this, but also it took me a couple volumes of Comey to really get into it too. Maybe if this series runs long enough, we'll get better characters and I'll start laughing. I mean, there's no Narcisse, but you know, not every series can have a Narcisse, you know, even though every series should. I don't remember which one Narcisse is. He shows up later. He's just obsessed with himself okay. and he's just an idiot. <laughs> he just loves himself, but it'll, it'll be like, he'll be like fucking walking around, looking at himself in a mirror. and He'll just get hit by a train. <laughs> so like that. He's so dumb. I don't like, he's just a butt monkey. I don't, I just find him funny. And he's definitely dating Katai in my mind. That's a hundred percent canon. I don't care. Those two boys love each other. And it's very cute. <laughs> well, mostly Narcisse likes himself. And then by proxy, he likes Katai. 
<laughs> it's only trying to shy with strangers. The first two volumes are available through Seven Seas Entertainment. Volume three is releasing in late March. If you want to check out the English official volumes. Uh, and hey, we managed to mostly avoid talking about Komi-san instead. <laughs> but we have other stuff to talk about today. Let's do it. Let's start with Undead Unluck, because there is no My Hero this week. So Yes, let's talk with Undead Unluck, number 96, Ghost Soul. So we open up as uh, Andy and Fuko have arrived. They've skipped time, and the awards or the rewards are being given out for the seasoned quest. Uh, we have Apocalypse there saying, "Capture of UMA Autumn Success Reward, the addition of UMA Ghost," and the cutest little ghost shows up with his big goofy little face, and he's like, "Ghost," <laughs> and I fucking love him, and I want him to join the Straw Hats. <laughs> Uh, and we see that something is coming out of Fuko's body, and well, lo and behold, it's her ghost. There it is. So Andy's like, or uh, Juez is like, hey, that's it, Fuko's ghost. Hurry and restore Fuko's body. Then we just need to return uh, her ghost and body, and she'll. And Andy and Fu- uh, Fuko try to touch hands, and they just go through each other. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it doesn't work that easy. And then UMA ghost grabs her and just says, wow, this one has a form. Wonder if the writer ones are tastier, or the riper ones, sorry. It looks like a D from there. It's really hard to tell with the uh, bold and italicized font yeah. in that. Okay, double, uh, yeah. So they try to get her back because Ghost just goes to leave, and they can't because none of their attacks affect Ghost in any way. Uh, Andy goes after getting uh, Kinto-kun uh, from Shen uh, and flies after her. They're like, hey, give us updates. Uh, but Ghost has flown over to someone else. It's Unruin, who is sitting in a pile of corpses saying, hey there, Ghost. Nice oh, man. Nice wonder to- what happened to all those people. Yeah. How'd they all die? How'd they die? What happened to them? <laughs> Unruin, come on, you can save them, right? Yeah. Unruin, what are you doing? Help those people. Uh, Ruin says, I'd like to be friends with you, so I got you a birthday present. Do you like it? And... Ruin has murdered all of these people to get Ghost's attention. Oh, that's the present. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, do you see my life? <laughs> well, I got you this bloody shirt. Like, I don't want that. I guess uh. you have souls instead. <laughs> uh, so Ghost starts gobbling up all the souls, and he Ruin says, you can have them all. You just have to do me a favor. Gobble that girl up. She's a pain in my side. And Ghost says, hmm. Bow on the saver as a special treat. And Ruin has to like be like, okay, but be sure to eat her later, right? Don't leave a scrap behind. And chew her up nice and good. Uh Andy, understandably, is like, what the fuck is your deal? What <laughs> you're so annoying. Stop getting in the way. And cuts uh Ruin all up all over the place. And as Ruin's body is falling apart, he's just like, You don't know anything, do you? That's why you're so desperate for this girl. And he just says very impressive, considering that his top and lower jaw have been, you know, cleanly separated from each other. So basically every aspect of the way he should be able to talk has been severed. His neck is severed. His mouth. Like, I don't know how he creates sound, really. I guess his tongue is still intact, but uh, he still continues on. Why don't you just forget it? You can't touch her in this state anyway. Unluck, the girl who maybe could have killed you is no longer part of this world. You should just accept her death. And. Andy runs after her, 
as uh, Ghost is is sort of leaving through uh, one of the ruined shadows or whatever you, I don't know what we call it at this point, the shadow portals that Ruin goes through. And she's she's slipping down, and Annie shouts, no way am I letting you die here. You gotta kill me right with your unluck. Damn it, damn it. And he reaches out, and he remembers Fuko talking, basically. And it's like, hey, as long as you never forget, what do you think it means to die? And we, we see a brief shot where the two are reaching out, and it appears as though Andy's soul is actually reaching out from his fingertips, and the two are touching that way. And... Andy looks at his hand afterwards because she's gone now. Top and Tatiana show up. They're like, hey, did you make it in time? And he says, I touched her. And the other two are like, hey, what's what's happening? What's going on up there? <laughs> and we, we break away to continue with uh, uh, the little thought process of like, as long as I don't forget that people won't die and souls are what give people life. That's the kind of world I believe in. Andy's just like, I touched you, didn't I? Fuko, you're still alive. And a meteorite crushes him and shoots his head into the air. And he just screams, your soul is still alive. Uh, the other characters basically comment like, wait, if he got struck by a meteorite, then that must mean. So, yes, your ghost, your soul, as long as it's around, you aren't dead. So just hang on, Fuko. I'm going to get you back. Yeah, so there's a lot of different uh, implications of this. Obviously, Fuko is not dead, dead. Uh she is still at least spiritually present. We'll see how that affects things going forward and whether or not it's going to be on a permanent basis that she's just a ghost. Whoa. I mean, you know, Shen became a freaking Zhangxi, so it would not be the first time a big status quo change happened. Um, but also it seems to imply that uh her soul touching Andy's soul is going to lead to them being able to unlock even greater amounts of unluck, which makes sense. Yeah, so. it, it would make sense. They've now bridged that gap in a very small way between physical to sort of uh, more holistic in a, in a way, um, which feels like a big step. I would say there's a small part of me that recognizes the pattern of this in the spring arc that starts with Fuko kind of being taken by a evil group at some point and the idea is like mm -hmm. we have to save her um the circumstances are a bit different there was not a cute little ghost before uh <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll see about that but I, I definitely like this chapter a lot and i do really enjoy the meteorite striking andy and his face in the sky being like Woo, yeah! you're still alive <laughs> I like that you're so in love with Ghost when, like, every time that it opened its mouth, it's like, oh, that thing's kind of creepy. Oh, I love this little dude. Look at him. He looks so sad, but then sometimes he wants to eat things. He looks pretty cute. I love this guy. It has devoured dozens of souls already. Those people are gone forever. Good. Well, as long as his belly is filled. Does he need belly rubs? Yeah. Oh, little, is that my little ghost? Is that my little ghost? <laughs> Were you just feeding on the souls of the damned? Yes, you were. <laughs> Those were innocent people. Yes, they were. They're gone forever now. Their afterlives are token from them. <laughs> All right. Let's continue on, Nick. Let's talk about Eden Zero, Chapter yeah. 177. Holy Judgment. Holy Judgment. For the first time in a while, nothing to say about this title page. It's a perfectly fine title page. Good times. Uh, instead, we pick up last time where uh, the crew stopped off at the Bikini Planet for some reason, and Holy is there and is like, we should work together. And 
immediately she's like, I understand why you don't trust me, Holy is, but I, if you want to defeat D- Ziggy, so do we. So meet me at this rooftop lounge in one hour, basically. So she leaves, leaving just Shiki, uh, Rebecca, and Labilia. And immediately Rebecca's like, oh, Labilia, are you okay? I'm sorry, I didn't mean you to get, like, for you to get wrapped up in all this weirdness or anything like that. And Labilia just kind of solemnly says, like, Shiki has come to my rescue yet again. And Shiki's like, huh, there's something different about you. And they're like, how are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. And you guys, you guys look like you're doing really well. I, I gotta get going. Uh, yeah, we've been around you for five minutes. You haven't tried to wrap Rebecca up in a sweet prank video. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you haven't tried to cover in poop or whatever bullshit you used to do. Uh, so she's like, hey, it's been a while since we've seen each other. How about we get together later to talk? And Lobelia just says, I have nothing to talk about. And uh, Shiki just says, oh, I guess she's not different after all. But Rebecca's like, no, she is different. She didn't say one nasty thing. That's not like her. Um. We then cut over and the essential group of characters from the Eden Zero have arrived at this lounge and we get a scene of Holy doing the the swim, like the swimming pool scene where like it's like, bow, 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 bow. yeah, like she's, you know, going to have a sexy meeting with James Bond or whatever, because, yeah. yeah, so she's come it's, out. Oh. It's kind of ridiculous, like no one else is there. How did she know that they had arrived? <laughs> so, yeah. They, well, she says, oh, you're early. And that's amusing because she said meet in an hour. So how early are they? It's not like it's like meet in a day or so, like some nebulous time frame. It's very clear, like meet me in an hour. And I like to think they immediately showed up five minutes later. She's like, oh, I kind of wanted to get my laps in. But whatever. I guess we'll just do the meeting now. I guess we'll just do All it right, now. Fine. We'll just do yeah, it now. Sure. Um, and... Weiss opens this by saying, Wahoo! What a dish! And I, he, he does not stop. I would like to note uh, at least five different times in this chapter, him or some other character comments on how beautiful Holy is. Uh, so just note, that's that's half of this chapter, basically. Um, so she starts cooking for them. <laughs> no, 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 no. She had been cooking for them, <laughs> well, she had which I like to think that if they hadn't shown up early, she would have burnt all the meat because she was she wasn't watching the grill and was swimming in the pool while leaving stuff on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's cooking. Why says don't mind us? Woohoo! Nice backside. Guts. Which I. <laughs> It's so revolting of a comment. I don't know how anyone would stand. Everyone around. just ignores him. They're like, yeah, yeah, um, wise. We get it. She's a woman and a be- in, a be- in a bathing suit. Okay, thank you. I like to think he thinks he has the inverse of Hamora's power, where it's like, oh, I don't say my thoughts at all. It says just fucking talking out loud. He's just like, nice tits, sweetheart. <laughs> And everyone, oh, we're gonna be putting this in the white bike for later, love. Everyone's just like, "Why is you suck? You're so weird. Don't do this. You make Sanji look acceptable." Yeah. Uh. So, Holy opens with like, "I want to make one thing very clear. I was not in favor of naming Shiki as the one of the Eurasian Six, but I was not opposed to it either. Which is to say, I acknowledge Shiki's strength." Your powers are on the same level as Elsie's and the rest of the Galactica. And then her butt continues. If we are to fin- if we are to defeat Ziggy as well as the rest of the Galact- Galactica, clearly working together would be the most efficient. Uh, Hamora brings up the obvious. If you're 
the Union Army. Why would you work with us? And she kind of cuts her up by being like, we are all basically independently controlled. We could do whatever we want, act within our own judgment. So, ergo, I could team up with whoever I want. Even if you're one of the Oration Six, I can still do it. And she's like... It's not an answer to Homura's question, I should say. I, yeah, it, it's mostly just to, I guess, kind of sway the conversation in that general direction without openly stating like, hey, I won't betray you because maybe that, that may play into what she's actually trying to do. She basically just says, hey, not everyone in our group's a bad guy. Not all cops are bad, Nick. Not all of them. That'd I be... never said that they were. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and Jiggy's just like, all right, cool. That sounds like a good point. And they they just eat a bunch of food. Uh, and there's some line about Rebecca being a hearty eater. Uh, then Holy's like, okay, I guess you and your entire crew are listening through this conversation. And we cut over to Hermit, who's like, she saw right through us. And Captain Connor, who says, I, another fine looking wench. And then Sister says, I'd love to invite her to my training room. And Herbert's like, guys, go like... away, go away. This is really inconvenient, everybody. If you're not here to help, then go away. At least Moskoy isn't here being like, Moskoy, Moskoy, Moskoy. <laughs> like, he at least had the good sense to fuck off before this conversation. It must be hard to be one of the non-perverted members of this crew because it's just like... They, they all get a panel. It follows me afterwards when Laguna, Clean, and Jin are just like... We don't trust her. And that's it. That's their whole contribution <laughs> to this chapter. Because they don't talk about her butt at all. And then Sister jumps in and is like, Hey, can you like zoom in on Gazongas? And do you have a slow-mo and a record feature on this spot footage? Hey, could you put on these nipple clamps and dance for me? Like, <laughs> Make uh, her put on the nipple clamps. Shiki! <laughs> Shiki! <laughs> Just screaming into the mic. Like, it's so audible over Shiki's headset. <laughs> Uh, so, Tell her we'll work with her if she puts on the nipple clips. Dad, like just salivate, like you can't even understand. Her. Like she's drooling so much and swearing. Just do it, just do it. Holy continues. My ultimate goal is to defeat Ziggy, but I have another objective as well: is to track down Dead End Crow of the Eurasian Six Galactica and kill him with my own hands. And they're like, "Hey." Why do you, why does that matter? And it's like <laughs> oh, sorry. there's enough of a pause there that you just made me think it was like, hey. I don't know why I'm upset about this. I don't, I don't have one. Uh they do uh, they're like, well, how does that really work or anything like that? Uh and it's just like, well, he's on Planet Leonard, so he's joined forces with Ziggy. And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would an Oration 6 work with uh, Ziggy, like he hates all humans anyway, and it's like, well, Crow is an android, and he uh, they they bring up like before Ziggy awakened, he was considered the most dangerous android in the cosmos. He instigated the bloody Atmos Day incident, which resulted in over one million casualties. Uh, and Pino is just like bloody Atmos Day, searching da 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 what? Uh, so he's a mass murderer. He killed. A hundred times as many people as died in that space battle, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh, so he is really a bad dude. And they say that's the public story, but the truth is worse. And someone I know got caught in it. 
That monster thinks of humans as toys, and that's enough reason for him to join Ziggy. I will help you defeat Ziggy, so I want you to help me defeat Crow. Shiki's kind of like, I gotta think about it. Let me go talk to my crew. And the Holy just says, like, whether or not you answer yes or no will not change how I see you. So, you know, let that be a, a factor in all this. It was, you know, a bizarrely reasonable way to end the conversation between them, yes. which of course means we then immediately need to establish that Holy can't be trusted yes. because how da- how dare we even consider that we would be left, left pondering right. that? Yeah, we can't ruminate that for too long. We cut back over to the guys who were weird and creepy before. Um, yeah. And their weird and creepiness fucking skyrocket. <laughs> like, I know before they we're kind of talking about like we'll make you strip or something like that but now they are just outright talking about abduction because they're just like hey like we cool we saw uh, rebecca and her giant tits let's go kidnap her just (laughs) set her get her next to a car shove her in and then just the dude just goes blah 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 and all the dudes melt into puddles and Holy just says, I wonder if my spell is working my magic yet. From the shower, she shouts, let all the filth just melt away. Oh, Shiki, dear, I look forward to your response. And until I get it, Shiki, I'll go ahead and use your powers for myself. Uh, Weiss, who is not melting for some reason, says, oh, boy, but she was a babe. So he had a lot to contribute this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the crew's about to leave, but then Labilia shows up and she says, hey, maybe I do need a few minutes after all. I have something very important to say, and I absolutely must tell you before I die. Thump. Um, a bizarrely essential chapter for the Eden Zero plot, honestly. (laughs) Like, there is so much just rampant, unrestrained horniness because they're the freaking weird rapists from the last chapter show up. Weiss won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and there's a lot of weird, unnecessary shots of Holy's everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Nick, I do find it amusing that they're like, like, there are a lot of swimsuit shots. We are going to get a shower shot as well. Like, we need to get everything in this chapter. We got we to gotta get a little bit of everything. <laughs> but also, like, it sets up, like, okay, this is what Shiki and company are going to be doing. It leaves you on this hook of, like, oh, hey, you know, Labilia, who was this awful person to Rebecca before, apparently she's going to die. <sighs> and so that's why she's acting different. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where that goes, even if it just leads to Rebecca uh, getting law pranked again. <laughs> because... That would be great. If she, it's just this elaborate thing to lure her in, and then she covers her with poop and takes her wallet. She's like, "Gotcha!" Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, "Gotcha man, that again." Was, that was so much work. You said you were dying. <laughs> um, and uh, that's basically it. There is like, again, it's like. Eden Zero occasionally has some interesting plot stuff, but Hero can't stop being Hero, and it just keeps on doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Doron, Doron, Yeah. Chapter eight. Friends. Uh, the big uh, fingernail, clawed, horned 
weird, ugly thing. The kill Dora's mom is rampaging around after Dora and Kusanagi have uh, calmed Dora down. They're going to fight him. Uh, The monster thing goes to uh, eat a schoolgirl person. And uh, one of, I believe, the same two, like, lieutenant samurai guys that we saw Dora and Kusanagi save in that earlier chapter, I think, uh, brushes in to try and help. But it's okay. Ginchio is there, and she rescues her. Uh, and the the other samurai cadets uh, run off. She tries to fight the thing, and she's like, "Oh, well, a year ago during the great disaster, I was so weak that they didn't even let me fight on the front line. But the more samurai bystanders I saw die, the more frustrated I got with myself. So, for the sake of my career." And to prevent the loss of many more lives. That day I felt this deep need to become the strongest, and I won't let another great disaster happen today. Uh, she tries to fight it, and uh, she can't stab the thing. She does one of her super speedy divine blade things and can't penetrate the thing's tough hide. Uh, so it tries to attack her and eat her. It manages to stab a needle into her leg, uh, which is uh, quite bad. Uh, it tries to eat her. But uh, Kusanagi and Dora arrive and Kusanagi turns into a gummy whip thing and snaps her out of the monster's mouth. Uh, and uh, Gijio at first briefly is like, stop trying to carry me like a princess. But thanks for saving me. Okay. All right. Um, I almost the, feel like I missed a panel between there just because the juxtaposition between didn't I tell you to not carry me like a princess? Thank you. You saved me. Is such a odd transition that it almost felt like i missed something in between yeah like even if there were just like a single panel in between where there was literally nothing but the word a word bubble that said but and that was it or something or even just another shot of her face because it's hard for me to make the transition in my mind between those two moments um that seems like a lot of the stuff that has to do with their personality is like there's a little bit too quick of a shift between like different stuff Uh, so the big Mononoke tries to attack them. Dora you and Kusanaki swing uh, up onto a roof to safety. Uh, I guess the thing is just like, can't see peripherally, I guess. Anyway, so uh, Dora's like, well, you should hide, Ginchio. And Ginchio's like, no, this is the monster from the great disaster last year. So I'll defeat it. You two back me up. And Dora's like, well, you've got a really bad wound on your leg, so you shouldn't push it. And Gajio's like, shut up. And so they agree to work together. Okay. Uh, and uh, Kusanagi's like, okay, well, believe in us, and we'll defeat this Mononoke, but with your assistance. So their plan is you be bait, and we'll attack it. And so they do that. And Gio you know, acts all like, ha you can't get me, slowpoke, and this monster is easily provoked, so it's like, I'm not a slowpoke. I am very easily a slow bro at best. So, storms after her. Uh, she um, dodges away from it, uh, and it keeps on distracting it. Uh, and when it tries to attack her with its needle firing things, uh, turns out this was their plan. That uh, that's probably its weakness. So that's when Dora and Kusanagi will go in and try to attack it. And Gichir brings to the point of like, well, yeah, but if you can't cut it, then then you might get paralyzed by the needles and stuff. But ah. they say, yeah, but uh, they're going to do it anyway. 
And so and she goes like, hey, this could be dangerous if your emotions get the better of you. Are you sure you're okay? And Dora's like, well, I have a score to sell with that Monoke, but I've made a decision. I'm not doing this My for revenge. My character development is done. I'm doing this to protect everyone. Okay, so nothing is different from last time. Okay. Uh, Genchio manages to block most of the needles that come after her, but one of them still hits her in the shoulder. Fortunately, Dora has the opening. He charges in with Kusanaki in sword form. They attack the needle thing on its back. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't penetrate. Oh, oh no! no! And so Genchio's like, I've got to help them. And the Monoke goes, die! And a bunch of needles fire out at point-blank range, puncturing Dora. Kusanagi immediately gets really worried. He's like, no, his needles are growing back. Uh, but Dora says, we just got to keep going, Kusanagi. Don't worry. I'm still calm. Ow, ow, ow. Oh, what in my mouth? Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, yum, yum. He says, we cut him a little bit, so let's give him everything we got. We can do this. And so Kusanagi starts to surge with power. And, oh, look at all this supernatural energy. As Dora thinks to himself, Mom, I made a special friend. We're going to do great things together. So please watch over us from above. And he cuts. Presumably, it's kind of difficult to tell because we're so, there's a lot of like distortion. We're kind of zoomed in on. Did he cut the, Kus- the Mononoke in half? Tune in next week to find out if they beat the huge monster thing. <laughs> next time on Dragon Ball Meh. Now, I, I needed to find another one. Dragon Ball. Dragon. Eh. Z. Nah, doesn't work. All right. Dragon Ball <laughs> mediocre thing. Uh, this it chapter was, was physically there. It was better than the last one, I thought. I, I was, disagree with that, but. <laughs> I thought it was all right. Um, I mean, they did a thing. There was an action beat. Uh, okay. Yeah, I thought this was uh, dookie. Big old dookie. Okay. So, all right, let's talk about Magu-chan. Magu-chan! Nick, I think it might finally be going away. Uh, baby. Chapter, <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 76. Magu-chan got a destruction. That's that, that is the title of the chapter. Uh, and Ruru says in the first dialogue of the chapter, uh, I'm going to miss walking to school. <laughs> oh, it's her last day of school. Uh, maybe it's ending. <laughs> no, Nick, this is, this is the natural pace of the story. We didn't want to cover the rest of it. We just skipped right through it. We That's got, right. We yeah. did Christmas. Who cares about the other six months? That's right. You know, Maga-chan, which has throughout its, you know, year and change run, strictly kept to real time, basically. <laughs> it's like, no, it's at the end of the school year now. <laughs> We're just there. Uh, um, Maga says... What nonsense do you speak? Do you lament over journeying to my dominion? And Ruru says, "What? It's it's the last day of school, Magu-chan. What? Just <laughs> news to him because he doesn't pay attention. He's Magu-chan. Uh, but yeah, they're graduating from from middle school. We get this big collage of the different gods and their partners, uh, like little photos of them on, uh, as like kind of the title page. There's some cute bits to it, uh, like." Ren being proud of Naputuku's cooking. Isn't that yeah. nice? Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so they get, she leaves, you know, Naputaku and Daenerys and Magu in the club room, going to the graduation ceremony with Izuma and Ren. Hey, Izuma managed to graduate alongside everyone else. Okay. So <laughs> the weird teacher that worked with Muscar is upset that they're all graduating, but like in kind of a, you know, just like a usual teacher sense, but also I'm still evil because I'm part of the chaos cult. Kind of, you know, um, the chaos gods decide to um, invade the graduation ceremony because Magu realized like what people be paying attention to a stage. (laughs) I I, I do like that. It is him being like, I wouldn't be the center point of attention in a moment where there would be tension. That can't be allowed. (laughs) So, wonder how that's going to turn out. Uh, during the graduation ceremony, they're going to receive get a word from the principal. Rue is reflecting on her time in school, but she looks over to the side, and hey, she sees her mom's there, and she also sees Ren's family. And Rin has no has uh, no Sakoshi with her. Uh, and then she sees that <laughs> the ten holy gender, divine generals are there, and they're Unaris's camera crew. <laughs> Because so, Nick, I believe all feuds come to an end. And this was the one time I was yelling, "Oh, Venaris is happy. Your little baby boy is growing up." Yeah, it's the one time that you can just that you can just kind of like accept this this kind of behavior. So sure, yeah. go nuts, Venaris. <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> You're not on my shit list today, Venaris. Tomorrow, maybe, but, but not today. <laughs> But, of course, all of the Chaos Gods were planning on doing something, not just Daenerys. And Naputaku is deciding to try and still snacks to everyone in attendance. And he's like, yes, it's my perfect plan to have everyone buy into my new shop, the Portable Eatery. I'll make a fortune. And Rin just blasts him on that, chops on the back of the neck and drags him off. I like as she karate chops him and shoots his eyeball out of his mouth. <laughs> like, ah! Like, oh, come on. <laughs> you just wanted to make some Give money. Give some money. What are you talking This is some good <laughs> entrepreneurship, all right? Uh, Muscar is upset, everyone, for being assholes, basically. <laughs> you guys aren't acting like gods. Neither are you. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> um, no, Sukoshu is just kind of happy that the, that the ceremony is making Rin sleepy. Uh, and... Um, Naputaku gets called Little Squid Riding Hood by her, which is all right. <laughs> it's not as good as Dragon Ball Meh, but you know, they can't all be classics. Kikyo is the valedictorian, basically, so she's going to uh, make a presentation. No, she's not! It's Magushin's! <laughs> ah! Uh, and he's in a school uniform. But then just calls himself Magma Newick, the god of destruction. It's like, what a great disguise. Um, and uh, so he starts making a speech, and immediately Uneris is like trying to Oscar cut him off. She holds up a sign and it's like, wrap it up. It's like, He's just started talking. But he says, Give praise, for you are about to depart to a new domain. Take pride in the honor of having been chosen to be my followers. There is no obstacle in your futures that cannot be destroyed. A great speech. Short, simple, to the point. 
and on brand. Yeah, absolutely. Kikyo is also very moved by it, of course. Uh, so uh, everyone applauds. Later on, uh, Ruru is upset with Magu and she strings him up as normal. But instead of like putting a shame banner around him, it's just, you know, it's just it's just a congrats graduate Aww. little sash, which is yeah. which is nice. Um, so Magu says, why do you treat me like this? <laughs> uh, she does thank him for stopping her from crying, which she was doing. Uh, Sarah is upset that her big brother is graduating and leaving her behind. Uh, and Yuka cries with her too. Uh, there's a bunch of, you know, just like goodbyes being said at the occult club. Uh, and Kiko says, I wonder if there's an occult club in high school. And Gula says, if there ain't, then we'll just make one. I'm good at making things. Good for oh, you, buddy. I'm happy for you, little, yeah. you little loser. Nabutagu is in the red because of his lunch has got sold because of the red's interference. Oh, poor Nabutagu. Um, Fortunately, the families and the Ten Divine Generals arrive in the club room, and they smell the food, so Nabutagu's like, Oh, customers! Yay! So, oh, he might he might not end up in the red after all. Um, Ren talks with Ruru while they're eating, and uh, he asks her, Hey, did you decide on a goal for the future like we were talking about before? And Ruru says, Yeah, I want to be a mom. <gasps> Which makes Ren go, <laughs> But, uh, Ruru says, like my mom, she's a doctor, she helps all sorts of people, and I also want to be a source of strength to others like she is. Fuck, I probably can't be it. Fuck that. That's the worst. I want to be a mom. You know, like my mom as a doctor who helps people. Like, all right. What, you just fucking intentionally say that? Just dumb? I don't know. Fuck you. I, uh... I hate you. <laughs> but... She then says to Magu, who is apparently busy searching for Morinato, I guess. Uh, oh, no, he's just what is he? What is that container he's got? I don't know what that is. Let's is he looking a, for food? Maybe a thermos. I don't know. I, eh. uh, but she says, hey, will you listen to my wish to pay back everyone for how they've helped me to help restore you into a God who everyone can acknowledge? Let's help all sorts of people together from now on. We'll destroy the worries of anyone in trouble. Worry destroying gods. How's that sound? And Magu's like, very well. There is nothing I cannot destroy. <laughs> like none of what she said actually sank through except the word destroys. Like, Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's late when they go outside. Uneris is being, you know, a mom and she's got her camera and she's like, hey, everyone take a group photo. And Magu's like, I will simply burn this scene into my eye. <laughs> There's such a fucking intensity in him. He looks like he's almost staring into the ground, too. I will just burn this scene into my memory forever. There shall be no need for photographs. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, my boy? <laughs> I will destroy your lack of, me of memory. <laughs> I will destroy uh, your need for object permanence. <laughs> Nanitsi brings in all the pets, basically, so that they can have everyone in for the group shots. Nick, why is everyone showing up? This series is going on forever. They just going on, it's Nick, going it's by. just like Witch Watch when it decided it was like, oh, we're just going to help people. That's like they right. finally a hundred or seventy six chapters in, they decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna help people with their chaos gods, you know? Yeah. But Anaris is having trouble taking the picture because it's so dark that the camera's not picking anything up. 
So Magu says, mm -hmm. I shall act quickly to eliminate the lowly human's distress. We just need a light source, yes? Then my eyes shall burn away the darkness! And he starts to fire an I-beam just as the photo gets taken, and we get this big group shot of everyone reacting to the destruction that Magu is about to unleash. Uh, including people who aren't actually there, but they are in the group shot. There's so. the shark flying through the air. <laughs> and uh, Yuppie Susu is just like, I'm here too. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really do like Yuppie Susu's presence in the picture. It's kind of, it's kind of pitch perfect, honestly. <laughs> and it just says, this is the end of Magu-chan God of Destruction. But then it says, to be continued. <laughs> and then in, the, in between, there's a little bit more to go. So we've entered presumably that stage that like, you know, we never learn what was where it was like, it's going to be the end, but hold on. Oh, not, gonna, not yet. We're going to get different arcs. We're going to be like, what would happen if Naputaku won? Like, I don't know what, like if Naputaku killed Yupositsu or something like that. And it's just him like devouring, like I could sell your meat and make sandwiches. <laughs> Somehow he still doesn't come out ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Magachan is definitively now winding down. Um, I don't know if there's going to be literally just one more chapter, if it's going to be, you know, enough more to just pad out one final volume or what. We haven't heard exactly when new series are going to be beginning in Weekly Shonen Jump just yet, but presumably it'll probably be rotating out when the new series come in. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get stuff. Usually stuff ends before stuff comes in. It's usually like a, a couple weeks before that. So it might be in that round, but, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's a little tragic, but, uh, Maga-chan got a very good run. If nothing else. Yeah. It has been a nice series to go through. Uh, and also just, you know, occasionally oh, incredibly funny series start on the 13th. So we might. It might be next week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So what do you think goes with it, Nick? Is it or is it protect me? Sugar, you Yu-Gi-Oh reference. Fushigamaru is more recent, isn't it? So I don't know. We will find out. What they're like, eh, one piece. <laughs> just, just, okay. But 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 <laughs> Just so many people like, what the fuck? What the fuck was Joy Boy? What the fuck was any of it? <laughs> That's what happened when they let me become the the president of Jump for a day. I just I spun a wheel and I was like. See what gets cancelled today. Up oh, one piece. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Oda. Why didn't you make that a slot on the wheel at all? Ah, <laughs> uh, what's next? Okay, my hero. Goodbye. <laughs> Catch you later. I just keep hitting the big ones. Say you later, Jutsu Kaisen. We have to get rid of you for a romance series about a boy with a big forehead and a girl with a big breast. We're like, that doesn't sound like a good premise. It's not. It will almost certainly be canceled in 19 chapters. Akutani's just kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> I'm good with it. <laughs> done and done. Hey, let's spin the wheel again. Bleach is gone now. I was like, what? what you mean like the occasional chapters? Like, yep, those, no, no more of those. 
<laughs> I'm deleting Dragon Ball now. I'm just getting rid of it. I'm just, if I see a volume of it, I will set it on fire. They're like, I, why did we set up? Put this? on a computer virus that deletes anything that, anything on the entire internet that even looks like Dragon Ball. It'll just be Ayakashi Triangle. Protect me, Shugamaru. And I'm dead on luck. So you get a little bit to enjoy every week. And reruns of iShield 21 that we won't make available digitally. President Rolo T, what do you want to... Uh, should, so does this mean that Mission Yuzakura family keeps going? No! It's been the wheel. I have a second wheel for that one. It's all Mission Yuzakura family. I wonder what gets canceled. <laughs> it lands in the line in between them, and I just like... <laughs> oh no, it's gone forever. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so... I, Chris, I have a riddle for you. All right. Ooh, I'm ready for this. It's time for however many it's supposed to be. But first, it's time for our wrestling quiz. It's the alliterative wrestling clue time. All right, here we go. Pan Global prize holder performs passable Presley pantomime. Is it... Honky Tonk Man. It absolutely there is. There we go. There we go. I, I took. It. I spent way too much time trying to figure out a P word to indicate that he was an Intercontinental Champion for a really long time. Oh, wow. I didn't even gather that was what Pan Global meant. I really was just like, Presley impersonator. It's Honky Tonk Man and I guess kind of Jeff Jarrett in a way. I mean, he hit people with a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure Elvis did that once. That's good stuff. All right. They're good. They're good. Now, Nick. I don't want to. I don't want to scare you. The series might be running a little bit longer than you thought. Do you have a, a big well of those to go for if this runs until like June? <laughs> I don't know. I managed to think of this one, th- that one, like five minutes before we started. So maybe I'll be able to just keep it going. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> it's chapter eighteen. Mimo. Mimo. Uh, so uh, we... Mimo sounds like the name of some kind of Japanese toy that says its name. But it's very unnerving. Like, Mimo! Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like its eyes. Why do they move not, like that? Not even not even a, a Pokemon or anything. No, no, no. no. Just a, a, a toy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mimo's so in know. your house. Like, I don't like that Mimo talks to me and says that. <laughs> <laughs> Mimo is watching you sleep. Okay. Mimo, uh, Mimo's learned a lot about you. <laughs> what does that mean? Mimo sees what you do even when the lights are off. <laughs> Mimo knows what you want. <laughs> like, in a, you're going to send me targeted ads way or like in a cursed genie kind of way. <laughs> Mimo doesn't feel like saying right now. Mimo likes to be mysterious. <laughs> God damn it, I hate Mimo. <laughs> Mimo serious. So. <laughs> Um, so I don't remember any of these characters' names, but me... This is, um, uh, Mimin, right? Mimin, yes. Something like that. She's eaten, and she gets informed by her bodyguards? I don't know. Um, about what Lucky is up to lately? And she's like, oh, so that doppelganger guy actually was Lucky. Okay. I do like that she's that dense, like... (laughs) She's just like, oh, it wasn't a doppelganger. It looked exactly like my brother. Huh. Interesting. Uh, 
one of them tells her, can you stop eating only instant ramen? It's bad for your health. And she says, what? But Japan's all about noodles. <laughs> I like her. She's so dumb. <laughs> like, like, she made a big point last time. She's like, I want to experience authentic Japan. She's like, cup of noodles, please. <laughs> Uh, she then realized, oh, I guess Lucky was, like, declaring war against me before then, if that was the real him. Uh, and then she remembers some of their time growing up together, which consists apparently entirely for her of Lucky going, you can't do that, my man, it's dangerous. And her being like, yeah, he would always try and stop me from doing things. That asshole. <laughs> um, but, uh, then she's like, huh, where's Maman? I really want to know. I want to go see her. Look into it. They're like, okay. So, yeah, she, I guess, just thought about their mom. All right. Uh, and then she th starts thinking about the competition, and then she's like, is it true that she'll be there? And we then cut to Meloli? Is that it? The bow girl. Something close to that. Sure. <laughs> So she has shown up at the uh, otaku house and she greets Dada Senpai and Sensei rather and calls him Dada Senpai, I should say. And Dada's like, stop calling me that. Uh, and she's like, ha ha. Sorry, I'm late. OK. Uh, and then Dada um, pours some tea and then starts to off tries to offer her tea. And she says, no. Why are you giving me hot tea? Um, yeah, I don't quite get why. I don't, I don't know. It. Like hot tea is good for your voice. I don't know. Maybe she's maybe she's allergic. I maybe there is maybe a pre-established too, too warm out. I mean, this is supposed to be like in the middle of summer, isn't it? I guess for spring, yeah. maybe. Uh. Anyway, um. Uh, she referenced this fact hey you used to come here for training camp right with your classmates do you feel nostalgic and Dada is like I don't want to remember that training camp from hell our coach made us push a truck across the entire <laughs> United States <laughs> do you ever think you're like man which side of that would I want to have been on to continuously have to run routes or to push the truck It depends on if, like, you think that your, um, I guess your cardio is better than your muscle. Yeah, your ability I to. guess. I, I think I'd probably go pushing a truck. At least there's like five of us doing it or something yeah. like that. Whereas, like, running basically nonstop specific routes would get fucking exhausting. I imagine that there would probably be a certain point in either one where you would just go like, "Oh, I wish I were doing the other." Yeah. But I, like, it, with pushing the truck, it would be a matter of like, oh. I've like strained something in my legs or my back and I just want to not move now. Whereas with the running, it would be like, I'm constantly out of breath. <laughs> hate my life. Um, so. Yeah. So did I ask her, is like, Hey, is it true? You're in the student music competition. Are you going to quit playing piano with the band and come back? And she says, I'm going to keep playing with the band. I want to become more famous. That way I can meet more living composers and play their music as it's meant to be played. And then he just says, why did you throw away your talent? You know, which is a normal thing that people just, you know, say out of the blue to people. Yep. But she says, 
Because unlike the Otogami family, I want to be a pianist everyone can aspire to. She says it with kind of terrifying eyes as well. Yeah. And, and I feel like, like her bow die. has gotten bigger, like it's slowly taking over her head. <laughs> <laughs> Mimo uh, says she doesn't have to answer that question. <laughs> oh, oh no. Dada says that sounds kind of questionable, which fuck you. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Sadame, the otaku guy, says, Ah! I can see the sunset on my way home! All right. Um, that's, well, that's because he just listened to Lucky's Peace, and that's what Lucky's Peace in the last arc did. It made you see the sunset oh, on the way home. Okay. Um, so, uh, he uh, has freaked out and has collapsed from the other room. Uh, and yeah, I guess that Lucky just played the song for him. They made him yep. do that. Uh, and then Lucky's just like, anyway, music for the competition. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sadame says the preliminaries require a piece from Bach's well-tempered clavier and two, one of two etudes that's decided on the day of Lucky. You chose Well Tempered Clavier, Book One, Number One, Prelude, Chopin's Etude, Op 25, Number Nine, Butterfly, Scrabin's Etude. I don't know any of these composers. I'm sorry. You chose Bach and Chopin. I, I, rem- I remember. Piece. I remember Butterfly from uh, Dance Dance Revolution. I remember Butterfly. The How, how does that go? The. You're a butterfly, sugar, pretty. Oh, crazy town. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Butterfly from the Digimon opening. I'm out of butterfly songs. <laughs> I mean, the crazy town reference is pretty good. You're a butterfly, sugar, bear. I'm your samurai. <laughs> come, 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 my lady. Fuck. Searching for a man, all across your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Sadame says a bunch of stuff about pieces of music that I don't know anything about. Uh, and uh, Lucky says some stuff like, I couldn't play it, but I listened to my siblings play Butterfly and stuff. And he says, the analysis and images of those two pieces just naturally come to me. I know how I want to play those two. Pathetic. Are there people who want to experience grief? I don't want to make them sad. So the problem is, is certain songs make people feel certain ways. So if you play them super emotionally, they'll feel super certain ways. But he doesn't want to play sad stuff. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that this is note that this is person who wants to bring people together that's all he wants. So the idea of a song that makes people experience grief is, is rather difficult for him to, to make amends with. He's like, I don't want to make people sad. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a lesson of like inside out where it's like, no, like the, this is an important emotion for people to feel like you may not want people to feel sad, but they need to. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes him seem boring. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like it's a, not, not, not boring as a character, but like boring as a person. The, I don't want people to feel sad. All right. <laughs> Chill out, nerd. <laughs> but uh, he does, he gets, I guess, to win, I have to, uh, and Saddam is like, no. Nah. Or Dada says, no. Nah. 
It's a theme you must play in order to become a pianist. And Sadame can help with the music analysis. Think about how you want to play it. But, Lucky, I'm sure you'll figure out a way to wing it at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> or Sadame actually says that bit. Whatever. Um, there's a whole note about one of the composers being someone who loved improvisation. So it really suits to Lucky, who I guess is good at improvisation. Uh, and Lucky sings to himself, I want to play music that helps wishes come to fruition. But with all those people, I can't ask what everyone's wishes are, like I did with Rage Hero. I have to be able to portray everything, including sadness. But I want to play music that makes wishes come true. And this makes him think of Mimin, who had said, hey, well, why can't I just play however I want? And he realized, like, oh, so she's also having trouble dealing with how she wants to play versus how she's expected to play. And that's why she got so mad. Isn't that nice? He got to understand his sibling better because he went through something similar. And so he's experienced empathy. That's actually kind of nice. Where's Furusu? So... <laughs> She's over by herself. Mimin comes in through the window and is like, hey, who are you? And that's it. I like to, by the way, her her T-shirt just says Mimin on it. Yeah. And it's the idea of someone walking around with a T-shirt that just says your name on it is yeah. a delightful way to be very unaware of yourself in the world. <laughs> also, the very first thing she says to her is, hello, I'm Mimin. It's, yeah, you've got it on your shirt. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is very good. I like I like this chapter. I think good stuff is is happening. We're we're progressing uh, our arc, and I like women. She's just this weird, dumb chaos angel, basically everywhere she goes. It uh, at least gave us something to talk about. I'll give it that much. Yeah, so. and there's not going to be much to talk about in Doctor Stone next. No, no, let's just kind of breeze through this because nothing important stoned. happens. Time to get stoned. Z equals two hundred twenty-seven. It was you. With uh, it was me. It was you. Uh, very cool uh, uh, color uh, front page here with uh, a lot of very light play stuff on it. I don't know how to describe it, but it's cool. Anyway, Senku and Kohaku and Stanley are walking on the moon now. Ooh. And uh, we just kind of get this you know, note of like, oh, man, we've come so far to actually now have reached the surface of the moon. Everyone on Earth is celebrating this great achievement. And now they're, of course, very close to finding the unknown Y-Man. Uh, and they've got they we, we kind of get a brief like overview of like, oh, and they've got, you know, the net shooting doohickey for blowing stuff up, the grenade net launcher. And of course, they've also got a Medusa capsule, which they promptly seal away in uh, this weird kind of. It almost looks like a medical capsule with like a glass top on it. Uh, and they bring up that this is necessary because they can't just speak into the device now that they're on the moon because sound won't travel. So they have a radio hooked up into this capsule so that they can directly communicate into it in this vacuum sealed t- uh, tube so that sound will transmit to it and they can activate it. And Kaka's like, yeah, so, you know, now, worst comes to worst, I could throw this capsule at the enemy and say 10 meters once I end sink or sail. They're like, no, no, stop, 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 stop. And Kaka's like, whoops, almost doomed us all. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they, they get moving. They've got their own uh, lunar rover as well. So they're driving along. Vroom, yeah, going along the moon. Woo. Kohaku spots um, the lunar lander. From one of the Apollo missions, 
And she's like, oh, my God, someone's playing a flag. He's like, yeah, yeah, the astronauts came here. <laughs> Honestly, they probably should have prepped her for some of this. Yeah, so I, it was probably a long space ride up here. He probably could have been like, so here's a heads up about what's actually been to the moon. <laughs> what should still be there. Uh, a British man and his dog went there because the moon was made of cheese at the time. And cheese, <laughs> gourmet. Uh, love those things. Um, and so, you know, they're going along and they're, you know, figuring out like they're th- just kind of openly talking like what's going on where, you know, where, where, where is this location that we're going that we're going? Um, Sinker brings up. Yeah, it's uh, the moon's pretty big. So there's got to be a reason for the fact that their location is actually close to one of these landing sites. So it's it's not a mere coincidence. It was chosen. Uh, and then we just get a two page spread of the fucking surface of the moon. It's a very nice shot, though, to give you that necessary scale of like, here's what they're doing and how fucking massive and vast it is. Like, it really because, did set the tone. Because there's nothing on the moon. Like, it's just dirt. Yeah, it's a beautiful Lunar shot. dirt. Absolutely It's really shot. cool, but it's also like, there is nothing here. So, yeah. as they're going along, Grok is presumably just looking around the scenery, and she hears Senku say, please unseal the Medusa capsule. And Kaku's like, you sure about that, Senku? Says, when do you say please? All right. Yeah, you want me to do it? Okay. And she starts to untwist the seal. But then uh, Stanley spins around and grabs her wrist to stop her. And Senku is looking back at her, too. And he says, what's wrong with you? And Stanley says, Senku didn't say a word. And so they all realize collectively Oh, right. There, this Y Man guy has been listening in on the, these radio transmissions and stuff for a really long time, and activated one of them from inside one of the petrification devices from inside a vacuum sealed tube as well. And Ukio also realizes, like, because it has to be Ukio because it's a radio thing. Uh, <laughs> the exact frequency it mimicked his voice and frequency a fake transmission in that moment in order to deceive Kohaku and although she was stopped it's too late the uh, seal has been unsealed enough I guess to ascertain its location or something and we get this visual of this like demonic Senku saying thank you for unlocking it for me and the the vacuum sealed no longer petrification device clicks and so immediately Seku is, is shouting out, toss it, Kohaku! But uh, she's already taking action. She has vaulted away from the lunar rover and tosses it way up in the air. And fortunately, between her absurd physical abilities and the fact that there's very low gravity on the moon, she's able to throw it a really, really substantial distance away as it activates in midair, sitting out of this bright wave in the yeah. middle of nowhere. And also, as this happens, everyone is able to see this thing. <laughs> it's a good way we to don't get to it. see. It's shadowy and has parts, but you can't see any of it definitively because it is so shrouded in very seemingly just stylized shadows. And 
as Seku looks at it, he says, I get it. Finally, it's all coming together. The whole mystery. The perpetrator behind that flash of light that turned humanity to stone thousands of years ago. All along, this whole time, closer than we knew. Why, man, was you? All right, Nick, who do you think it is? I have no fucking idea. I know the the running theory is, I guess, if you read the, the spinoff series that was done. Well, let me put it this way. Okay. That's my one thought of who it could be, but I am willing that not to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> I want the answer to just be a mirror. And they're like, oh, we're the <laughs> real monsters or something like that. And then they just go home. <laughs> like, well, we learned our lesson. It turns out it's man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there's a, a couple of different theories that have been floating around about who it could be. Um, but I mean, presumably it's something that, you know, I don't know, was around before. But I don't oh, it's know. fucking Taiju. He's like, you never treated me with respect. So I had to earn it. Uh. Yeah, I mean, like, with this kind of a setup in terms of, like, it was someone closer than we knew all along this whole time. It's like, all right, if this isn't someone that you've actually introduced before, though, then it's going to be like, oh, wait, why did you say that? (laughs) It's like, didn't you never suspect Tsukasa's sick sister? (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) No, she's been right here. She's right here. What the hell? (laughs) Closer than know. you knew. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I, I legit, it's some of those things. I'm also to the point, though, where I, when I read these sort of series, I don't try to really figure out the answer. If it just comes to me naturally without putting much thought into it, fine. But Yeah, Dr. Stone's never been a series I've tried to theory craft. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. I wonder if this time they're going to build tires. Um, but yeah, I guess next time we'll find out who the fuck Y-Man is. Unless it takes... Presumably. Unless it takes from the school of One Piece where... <laughs> Flashback! <laughs> or just something else. We'll get to One Piece later on. Uh, but first, we have to talk about Mashal, Magic and Muscles, Mash. Chapter 94, Mash Burned Dead and the Water God's Fury. So we open with Finn noting like, oh, he controls water, one of the four classical elements. That makes him the toughest opponent Mash has faced yet. Some people like theorycraft and like, oh, that must mean that Mash is going to have to face the other three at some point. No, it doesn't. You, you, you put too much stock into what Komodo does. <laughs> None of this matters. Uh, immediately, Mash gets trapped into a water sphere and he can't swim out of it because there's raging currents. Uh, Mash is trying to speak and just goes blah 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 blah. Uh, Domina is angry, like you joke around even now. You really know how to get under my skin and activates a second a thousand archer fish and a bunch of basically like swordfish shaped uh water shot streams, whatever. Go towards Mash and he's in an escape proof cage, so he has no choice, he's just gonna get stuck. Uh, so Mash does that thing where you close your fist in with water and like squirt it out, and he squirts out a bunch of water that counters the force of the second. So, so stupid. And then use that to escape, and then just punches Domino in the face, and he just says, "You don't seem that tough." <laughs> uh, 
Domino, of course, now that he's bled his own blood, is very upset. He says, now father's not going to like me. This is wrong! Wrong! And he uh, activates his, he, he summons his Bankai, the Poseidon, the god of water, with a big uh, sword trident, basically. And just screams, Father and I share a bond! I've given everything to him! Meanwhile, you've been wasting your time on friendship and other nonsense! I deserve to be happier than you! And, uh, starts stabbing Nash. And, uh, they collide in a big, uh, explosion. And, uh, we cut over then to Innocent Zero, who wakens, uh, uh, wakes up and is like, Domina has been angered. He can wield Poseidon as if it were a true natural disaster. When he sheds his calm demeanor, his original powers come forth. He's unlikely to stop until he slaughtered everyone around him. Even I have no means of quelling his temper. Mash burned dead with no magic to speak of will be helpless against him. We see Mash has been impaled. What if Innocent Zero is just like, uh, whenever he gets like this, even I could do nothing to stop him. He flashes back to when, you know, uh, when uh, he, he Domino was a kid. He was like, no, no, I don't want to. No, no, Domino. Calm down. No, 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 no. Uh, even someone of my... I've <laughs> tried everything. <laughs> even my vast power to manipulate time can do nothing against this. I guess I can just rewind before he threw the tantrum. No, no, my powers don't work like that. Uh, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty tired. Time to go to sleep. Shoo. Uh, he just continues, my love for father is real, it's your love that for your friends and family that's fake, and you'll never, and he pulls back his sword, and then Domino realizes the trident's broken, and then the pointy part has just been stabbed through his leg, and he's like, wait, he just broke off a piece of the trident and pierced my thigh with him, and Mash says, if you lose to me, what are you gonna tell daddy? <laughs> and the chapter just ends with Domino screaming, I'm gonna annihilate you! Yeah. For once, uh, they're not minimizing the horrific injury that Mash has suffered this time, because it always seems like, oh, they launched the big attack and he's just fine. No, there is clearly blood spurting out of both sides of his torso, uh, and it looks like when he got stabbed, he broke it off while it was stabbed through him. So, Yeah, Uh, interesting little thing. I do like uh, Domina's uh, faces. He's just like, no, this is wrong, wrong. It's uh, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and it did ramp up the intensity when it was just being so silly before. Yeah, it was like I squirt water between my fan, my hands to stop you. So, squirt, squirt, squirt. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk about the elusive samurai, chapter forty-eight, Kyo, thirteen thirty-five, with a really cool and very pretty uh, winter two-page spread. Uh, with all the kids playing in the snow and stuff. It's nice. Uh, we get some backstory to the, uh, Tengu people. Uh, so two years prior, there was this, uh, word from the, uh, of presumably the same Tengu person that we saw before gathering the Nita clan to go and join up with, uh, Takauji in order to overthrow the Hojo and stuff. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, called all the samurai, uh, and their clan to action and we see that the Nita Yoshisada was basically uh, tasked with helping out his comrade Takauji in the revolt. But he's like, uh, well, how's the battle in Kyo? 
because they're basically greatly outnumbered if they're going to actually help out in this overthrowing of the Hojo. And so he's like, I mean, what should I do? If Takaoji Dono has failed, I don't have sufficient troops to defeat the Shogunate. So maybe I should abandon the struggle. But then at that moment, suddenly 2000 reinforcements arrived from their clan in Echigo. And uh, he says like, well, how, how did you know to come? I, I haven't informed the clan the the fact that we're rising up against the Hojo. Uh, but they say the Tengu brought a message. A single Tengu spread the word throughout Ichigo in one day, declaring Nita Dono rises against Kamakura. And so like, yeah, so when we heard that, we, we rode all night long to be here. And <laughs> I do like the, the response to this, which is kind of, just kind of like, that's weird. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, though. <laughs> So because of this, there were sufficient forces to help out Takaoji from this group. And we get a whole lot of stuff bigging up the Tengu, saying that there's an account of this messenger recorded in a chronicle from the time known as the Taiheiki. And it is easy to dismiss the account as false, but Japan's first simultaneous coup d'etat in both East and West is impossible to explain without citing that Tengu. And it has long been a subject of wonder hey, it's like real-life ninja stuff where they just, you know, like, carried information really quickly. So, yeah. Uh, And it seems as though in the present, Genba has basically been providing, like, a version of these events to explain, like, yeah, this is why the Tengu are a problem uh, for us. Uh, He says that that, this played a crucial role in the Shogunate's downfall. And... Uh, Yorishige agrees that he also heard about how Tengu under Ashikaka command have uh, caused a lot of trouble and how, oh, they train great shinobi. Okay. Um, so Genba says, we should call off the fight. The Tengu have caused many revolts to collapse by uncovering and exposing their weaknesses, and they would see through the brat. So they're like, so. Everyone's kind of worried about this, but Yorishige says, the other day I foresaw a troubling future. Tokiyuki-sama may die if he stays in Sua. He should flee somewhere distant. Quite gruesome, too. Look at that ten-year-old impaled with a sword. So Yorishige agrees with Genba that they've got to change plans. Uh, And he turns to uh, Tokiyuki's uncle, Yasuye, and says, do you accept my proposal? And he does. So Yurishige explains that Yasuye is leaving for Kyo, and you must leave Shinano. Go to Kyo with Yasuye-sama. And Yasuye says that the big plan is bad for, planned for next month, so I'm going to prepare for war with collaborators in Kyo. If you come with me, we will elude the Tengu. The enemy will never suspect that two Hojo survivors are in Kyo, and it will be easy to blend in with the crowd. And Yurishige also chimes in to say, like, look, if you're going to rule someday, you've got to go and seek Kyo. The, the capitals at the forefront of culture. And while they are the enemy currently, the Emperor Takauji and Nida and Kusunoki are geniuses. And Tokyuki's like, Kusunoki, huh? Because, of course, we saw that during his battle uh, with, oh gosh, the bandit guy. I've learned his name like three different times. I keep forgetting it. He, the bandit guy with the uh, oh, man, ants sorry. on his, uh, yeah. I just call him he, Ant Face. Yeah. He said you should have learned the art of war from Kusunoki. So this is an important part of Tokyuki's development as a leader. It seems that we're going to be seeing. Um, 
And Yoroshiki's like, look, you've got to learn stuff. So this is an important opportunity as well as a chance to keep you safe. Uh, but Tokuyuki gets the, you know, excited by the idea briefly. He's like, okay, I'll go there. Um, uh, but he asks if everyone in Sua is going to be all right. But Yoroshiki has made plans for this uh, ahead of time that there is this whole, they've got a code set up. There's actually some cool details about how they exchange information like, they provide uh, supplies to some parts of their allies by making them look like bandits. And then when they, quote unquote, raid food stores, they have information passed along at the same time. So nifty. Um, but uh, Kojiro brings up, how are we going to get uh, Tokyuki out of Shinano? The Tengu are probably watching the shrine even right now. And Yorishige says, yeah. Uh, we're going to do it right now, basically. We're doing it tonight. We can use the confusion caused by a mysterious intruder to aid your escape and destroy any evidence. However, this plan does not leave us time for a proper farewell. Aww. Basically, they set a building on fire, and in the confusion, they have Tokiki flee under cover of night. Uh, the lead Tengu, the one who confronted Gemma before, is like, I mean, it could be an accidental fire, or they're burning evidence of the rebellion. Um, so keep people watching around the fire. I, I do appreciate that this character is meant to be very smart, at least sees that there's probably some ulterior motive to it, but does not pick up on what exactly the ulterior motive is. Cause it would have been dumb if he was just like, Hmm, that's strange. You'd be like, I don't know, dude, I feel like you should be pretty sus about this random mysterious fire in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's a tricky balance to strike when you're having a battle of wits to have one person be tricked but still come across as clever. Mm. But uh, that's a pretty straightforward example of doing it. Uh, so Tokiyuki uh, is riding off with Yasuye, and Toki mentions, we'll join my retainers later. Uh, and uh, as they're riding out, Tokiyuki, you know, like kind of has to say goodbye to Ayako and Kojiro and Shizuku. Uh, and Yoroshige is narrating as he flees with his uncle, Kyo possesses its own dangers, and I hate to send you away based on uncertain visions of the future, but you will grow on this trip to Kyo. I look forward to seeing you mature by overcoming challenges. I am like your parent. Letting you go is one form of love. Now go! And don't look back, Tokiyuki Dono! He rode out with him. <laughs> it's just right there. <laughs> um... Are you are you are you coming too? And like all the kids are just like hey, you got go away. You, you can't come too. And he's like, I'm worried about Tokyuki. It's like if the Tengu see you, he'll you will be discovered. You've got to go back to the shrine. Stop it. I do go, go away. It is actually a pretty funny moment of him like <laughs> like riding back, being like I wanted to come too. It is also sweet though. Yeah. It's like oh, he just he's worried about his son, kind of. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it looks like Tokyuki is going out and. I'm not sure how far uh, the elusive warriors are going to be accompanying him on this trip, if they're going to go all the way to Kyo with him, or because I don't know if that's ever actually straight up said. Tokiki says, we'll join my retainers later, so maybe they're going together. No, I just uh, think it meant that they, they didn't ride out together initially, because I guess it probably would have looked suspicious if... Yeah, six people on horseback. Yeah, all. so it said they joined them along the way, and that's where we see them there, I believe. I believe everyone's going essentially to uh kyo yeah um and yeah we get this thing you know which like we see like the in the background like oh this is where tokyuki is headed and uh there's going to be a lot of different experiences that tokyuki will have there in this different setting so cool 
All right, Nick, let's talk about Black Clover, page 321, excuses. Why is this happening to me? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we open with Seke, who is screaming mentally, this is literally hell, a legendary demon, a huge horde of monsters, this gigantic mass of more monsters, and finally, the king of all the monsters who just took out all the captains by himself. This is it. I'm dead. There's no way we'll beat this thing. And yet, they're fighting it. How? Uh, and we see Yudo standing up against Lucifero. Lucifero's just like, give that brat to me. And, uh, you know, Yudo uses his, his stars to teleport everybody, then goes into a saint stage and slashes. He's like, I made contact, but I can't cut him. This isn't even like it was with the Zenith, uh, with Xenon. It's a sheer, simple, overwhelming difference in magical power. And it uh, looks like he might get struck, but then Mario Leona somehow is also still up and ready to go. And uh, Lucifer just says, this woman's magic just keeps growing. Uh, Mary Leona says, glad to see you on the battlefield, kid number two. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, yeah. <laughs> uh, Seke then has been teleported. He's like, I can move. Is it because of Yuno's magic? Because there's a barrier around him, Mimosa, and Asta's body. And he says, but we joined up at the same time. What is he? The four cloth grimoire and another one. I heard he was a spade kingdom prince or something. Uh, so he was just born different. That's all. Yeah. And uh, he immediately gets into his own thing. And he's like, well, I should just bail with this royal cutie. Let's leave this to them and go. I have been acknowledged by the majesty, the king. I'll protect you. So and most just doesn't give a shit. She's just healing. And he's like, what is she? stupid that monster's gonna notice us and he says treating that guy can wait so let's hurry in and most just interrupts and she says could you be quiet for a moment and she thinks i'd really rather run away with asta this minute but that isn't what asta wants what he wants is and we immediately then get a perspective from uh Seke, who's just like what is it with this guy what's with him what's the deal with asta what's the deal with asta what's the deal with asta <laughs> He shows up, he's got no magic, but he keeps on beating me up. Come on. <laughs> oh, I've been recognized by the king. He's been recognized by nobody. What's the deal with this? He does, he's in a kingdom full of magic, but he's got no magic. But he's still the strongest guy around. Come on. <laughs> what is anti-magic? That sounds like a type of magic. <laughs> uh, so that guy starts thinking about how back in his hometown, he was the top dog. He had uh, He was acing life in his words. He had it all. And he thinks back to his friends who were just like, you're awesome. Like, they just say that to him. They're like, you rock, dude. Uh, we're going to stay here, though. We're not going to be magic knights. We got to, you know, live our simple city life, basically. And Seki was like, yo, morons, don't compare your sorry lives to mine. He doesn't say that out loud. but He thought it, <laughs> <yeah>. but yeah. <laughs> um, and he just thinks it was him. It was this guy's fault. If only I'd never met him. And he just thinks back to all the times he's met Asta. And he's like... Oh, man, I see. I thought you were a jerk. Uh, Asta sees him again later on. It's just like, oh, I see. I thought you were a jerk, but you got tough and made it this far, too. Let's both give it our best this day. And uh, Mimosa is panicking. She's like, I don't have enough magic. The recovery isn't working the way it should. And her spell fails. She's like, no, it, it came undone. He's nowhere near recovered enough. And Asta just says, thanks, Mimosa. And he stands up, bloody, battered. 
slowly walking towards the fight. Mimosa's just like, Asta, you really aren't in any shape to fight. And he just says, just wait a minute. And Mosa just starts crying. She's like, I can't get through to you. I'm begging you right now. What's driving Asta is kind of trails off. And Sega just starts continuing. He's like, wait, what, what, what are you doing? What is the point of this? You're completely trashed. Why do you think you can do like you can do it like that? All the captains went at that guy at once and they couldn't win. And you're just a peasant with zero magic. Like it's going to matter if you're there or not. You're nothing. You're just and he gets a collage of all the different times he's kind of acted and how he's sort of lived as this this casual guy. And he just starts saying, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. I had all of this time. Why didn't I try to get stronger like you? And we end with a full page spread of Asta saying, you know, I'm on my way. This is a pretty badass chapter. This is a fucking awesome <laughs> chapter. Holy shit, this <laughs> chapter rules. Um, I think it would be even better if we had, you know, occasionally like seen Seke, <laughs> like except for like, once every hundred chapters, but we did see him relatively frequently. And I do like that. Every time we saw him was him being worth us. Now I, I do understand there are some people who are like, so if Seke doesn't do anything here, it'll be a little frustrating. Even if he didn't, I honestly think that showing how little, uh, like how angry Seke is at himself does really go to show you how much Asta has worked. Like I've, I've kind of found Asta's character to be sometimes obnoxious, but when presented in this, like you really do say, oh, like, yeah. Hey, this kid does work his ass off. Um, but I also expect Seke potentially to get a chance to do something here, even if it's to buy for like five seconds or something like that, but just his anguish at staring at him and be like, why is, why are you getting up? Why are you still doing this? And then realizing like slowly it just transitions into his own self sort of grief over not working yeah. as hard as him. Like, why didn't I try to get stronger? Why didn't I do this? I loved yeah. it. His self-defeating attitude. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that it shows, I do really like the use of the contrast between him and Asta to really emphasize that. Yeah. Asta is beat up to fuck right now. He's not, you know, going to just hop up and just immediately win the fight. Presumably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he's, you know, he is always just kind of kept on trying. And also on top of that, this is a great way to demonstrate like the effect that Asta has on the people around him. Yeah, Cause you know, absolutely. you've got his best friend slash rival out there fighting the good fight against an opponent that he seemingly cannot actually defeat. And you've got one of his numerous love interests <laughs> sticking by him yeah. and just trying to give him a chance. And I also really like the attitude that Mimosa displays in this where, you know, Seke is just kind of trying, you know, being really unhelpful. She's like, can you just shut up? I'm trying to, to help him. Yeah. I, I, I love the, the pacing of the chapter is great too, with him being like, Oh my God, this is terrifying. Oh, Hey, we have a moment of safety. Let's get out of here. Oh, you're still doing this. Why? Oh my God, Asta's gaining up. What the fuck, you big dumb idiot. And then it just going that by the end, just him being like, why didn't I try to get so it's just a great pacing of a chapter. I, I really, really like this one. And a lot of really good, uh, well-drawn uh, expressions yeah. in these dire moments too. I love how Second Asta, crying. Yeah. Asta's determined grit at the very end. Yeah. I love how fucking beat to shit Asta feels too. The moment when he gets up and he's just like, thanks. So like the very tiny word bubble and font and how like battered he looks as he actually gets up. I thought all of that was great. 
Yeah. The way he's slumping even as he gets up. Yeah. Good chapter. Yeah. Yeah. On to a chapter that's not so good. Nick, let's finish up with One Piece. Chapter 1038, Kid in Law versus Big Mom. So, right. There's still some other stuff happening besides the Kaido and Luffy fight that we, I guess, I guess have to occasionally check in on. Yeah. (laughs) Undo the Jutsu Rizal or we will both die. I hope they they both burn. I hope both of them die here. (laughs) They're just like two scorched skeletons just going. (laughs) Um. People are now trapped because the castle is collapsing in various different places. Uh, the roof start, the ceiling starts to fall on people, and uh, Jimbe holds it up because he's a badass like that. Yeah, good job, Dad. <laughs> he's all our dad. <laughs> he's everyone's dad. Uh, yeah, he also says really bad. It's like this: it's one thing to die in battle, but these flames are going to kill scores of men all on their own. Oh no! Uh, then we cut to the performance floor. People are running away from Big Mom because she's scary. Uh, Grandpa Chopper returns to his normal size. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good to know that that's happened. Uh, he then brings up the point that, hey, so, uh, Zoro's gotta be in really bad trouble because that medicine, remember, you know, it deals twice the damage after, you know, it comes back. Uh, and he was so injured before that he couldn't move. What if he dies? And we cut to Zoro, who, yeah, can't move because he's so badly injured. And he's just looking up and goes, who the hell are you? What's going on? My body won't move. And there's a fucking Grim Reaper with a scythe standing over him. All right. Nick, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. Like, I, I, it means nothing to me at this point. It was really cool for a long time. But this was the exact moment where I was like, all of this means nothing anymore. The idea of like, oh, but Zoro got stronger and the damage will be doubled after. I was like, I'm just, I'm tired of this. This is, you've done this trick too many times, Oda. I don't give a shit. The Grim Reaper showed up. Sure, whatever. But I was like, this is the moment I was like, I don't care about this gimmick anymore. You did the cool moment with I'll take all of Luffy's pain back in Thriller Park. And it's just, it's been diminishing returns every time since then. Yeah, I don't really feel any sense of tension over this. Yeah. I did see various different people have different ideas for what the hell is actually happening here, ranging from, oh, he's just hallucinating, to it's actually Brooke perched on Robin's shoulders <laughs> for some reason. That would be fucking funny if he was just like, hey, Zoro, check out this cool side thing, man! <laughs> Come on, do you want a brownie? <laughs> Get him a little hot. <laughs> Uh, Frankie is apparently looking for Zoro, I guess. Uh, we cut then to the crawl space where, uh, Izo is, and, um... So, uh, Nick! Izo's hurt! <laughs> you remember the... Not even... No, Izo's not even a member of the Nine Scabbards, right? Right. So... <laughs> the, the eighth most important member of the Scabbards... Uh, those beast pirates that he was fighting before, he beat them all, but he got injured at some point, so he's like, damn it. Uh, so, uh, he's looking for Kiku and Kinemon, uh, he spins around when he senses something, and oh my gosh, it's the CP0! Oh, look, look, it's, 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 yeah! Uh, and... (laughs) So, 
Oh gosh, his I'm blanking on his name. Fuck the Jaguar guy. Lucci? Yeah. I believe this is Lucci. It's kind of hard to tell because, you know, they're masking no, his name. Not, neither of them are Lucci. Neither of them are Lucci. Okay, yeah. fine. One of them says, That's right, we're ages zero. I knew you were here, but we never saw each other today, Izo. Given my job, I shouldn't be allowing the remnants of Whitebeard's crew to run free after their historic crimes. But we're only here to deal with the Straw Hat Pirates until we meet again another day. Which would have been a really cool, just short sequence of just ended there. It's like, oh man, the place is burning down around them. It's like, we didn't see you. We've got other business. And they just walk on by. That would have been pretty awesome. But no, Izo says, no, CP0, don't go yet. So I guess we're going to come back to that. Says, we'll get we... back to this plot point just can't... as soon as we come back to the Zoe plot point from later. Just can't just can't stop like leaving these threads dangling. Like, it would have been perfectly cool and nice and mysterious. And they're just like, we'll deal with you later. Leave. But no, no. Have you come back to find out what two words they exchanged after this later i hope he was just like do you have a band-aid <laughs> i'm really i've got I'm a really, boo-boo. It so bad <laughs> will you kiss it and make it better <laughs> all right we're going this is weird <laughs> yamato's made it to the armory castle basement hooray uh and yes he is in time he has outpaced the ghost fire thing but oh shit there's just powder bombs that are huge down there for some reason. Comically large powder bombs, yep. So he uses a, pr- a previously unseen devil fruit power and uh, shoots out frost breath to freeze the bombs. And uh, he just says, I hope that's enough because if this much gunpowder explodes at once, we're done for. And uh, we just see a hiss as the fire reaches the frozen over bombs. Uh, and then he... Um, hits the ghost fire with his club. Yeah. 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 Done and done. And the ghost fire goes, Lord Orochi, and grows hands, I guess. They don't look like hands to me, but I guess it grows hands, uh, which start to burn away at Yamato. Get away from there. Performance floor. Big Mom's going crazy. So, <laughs> ten chapters in, we get to the titular <laughs> fucking fight of the chapter. Uh, Law and Kid are collapsed on the ground, uh, and uh, their crews are trying to cheer them on. Uh, uh, the Law's group try to rush in and provide treatment for Law. But Big Mom just like, get the fuck out of the way! <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> no, I put the Geneva uh, Convention. We don't have that. <laughs> Pirates. Uh, then she also, she has a brief moment of time to just go, it's like, I haven't heard Kaido roar in victory yet. You better, you better not still be up there playing patty cake with that straw hat boy. Come on. So she starts to go up to the roof uh, and says, well, I've got to put an end to this. And then Law is just like, all right, crew anesthesia applies some of his power to his sword and it, sword get longer and ah. stabs through Big Mom's arm and up through her chin and through her face. And immediately a bunch of people goes, oh, God, Big Mom's dead. <laughs> 
You idiots. You don't get killed from being stabbed through the head. Dumbasses. <laughs> but, um, Allah says, I know the last one had an effect, but the penetration doesn't hurt. The real pain is from Shockville! And, um, sends some shock current directly through his sword, through, uh, Big Mom's face. And she collapses. A bunch of the eye beams that, you know, she put her soul into are like, get vengeance! But then they get pulled in by kids, you know, magnetism powers. And, um, so kid starts to form them all together and big mom's like what the fuck you're still alive yeah uh so she starts to get dismissive about this again she's like oh i guess you guys really do want to kill me huh and kid says for some reason i feel like i'm driven by a different goal now i'm guessing kaido's nearly done up there too even water droplets can carve stone give enough time there ain't a single thing in this world that's totally impervious to damage punk cornadio um, he makes um, a bulldozer bull robot thing and it smashes into Big Mom. And you can't really tell what it is because it's hidden behind sound effects and yeah. effects and stuff. It's um, a, a giant metal bull, I guess. Uh, and it uh, charges Big Mom and uh, Kid and Law say, I'd rather die than let you go to the roof. Um, and that's the end of the chapter. Yes, it is. Uh, Nick? My kingdom for an editor who could make Oda do anything in this series. This is the most unrestrained and wild Oda has been where I'm just like, there's so many goddamn fucking plot lines going on right now. It's killing me. And so many of them that just like nobody cares about. What's Izo going to say to the CP0, Nick? Uh, so many that weren't actually like pre like established ahead of time. It's just like, no, just new things that you have to keep in mind now. Will the roof collapse on Jinbei? Will it? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm presuming those aren't important, but there are just like so many things that it's like, because like even like it's only like two pages, but like, oh, or I guess like three pages, but like, oh, we're getting the chapter of uh, um, Yamato now is in the basement and the, the fire spirits there and the conflict there. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's hard to really buy into the tension of that scene when I get two pages out of it every month and a half yeah. or whatever. Like, I just, I can't buy into it. All these scenes feel like they're less important because we keep cutting away from them. I've, in the past, that has been one of my favorite things about One Piece is how chaotic and all over the place everything can be. But this arc is so fucking bloated at this point. I can't appreciate it anymore. I just want things to end. <laughs> Yeah, and there are certain things. It was like, hey, remember how Yamato was going to hopefully stop the fire? So it was like, oh, hey, look, a little bit of it. Yeah, we're almost can, can, there. But that's can, the thing. Can. That's the thing. We're gonna get an actual conclusion, but because we didn't have this part before it, the tension's not gonna be there either. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for One Piece. It's kind of a bummer whenever it feels this way, especially because you know this is how we end the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we are, I guess. So. Yeah. I mean, I still love One Piece, but I did not love this chapter this was yeah, definitely no. one that i was like <sighs> all right but let's talk about mvp what did you love though <laughs> what was your favorite chapter what was uh, your mvp uh apparently a controversial one i loved black clover and i'm gonna give it my chapter of the week and i'm gonna give seke my character of the week uh i have seen a lot of people who are disagreeing with that sentiment which is fair uh but i i loved absolutely everything about this chapter i thought it was phenomenal I'm giving mine to Dr. Stone because it 
gave me that moment of like, oh shit, <laughs> this the you know Y man is speaking in Senku's voice and nearly caused the mission to go completely awry. And uh, I mean, I am just kind of like, why is there just a giant shadowy mass there? What is this science series <laughs> doing right now? <laughs> that it is. There is apparently a horrible monster made of junk, I guess. It's kind of hard to see anything under all the ink. Um, but I will repeat your sentiment on Seke about okay. that uh, his sudden and very dramatic appearance in this chapter was very well done. Well, the audience you mostly agrees on Seke. I guess a lot of people are still torn as to whether or not this Black Clover chapter was was good, though. Uh, their chapter was Magu-chan, which I can agree with. And I also yeah. agree. I was considering Dr. Stone actually as my chapter of the week until I reread Dr. or Black Clover this week in, uh, in the recap. And I was like, this is a really good chapter. But I totally agree with you. That moment where it's like, unlock the capsule, Taku dear, or whatever. And it's like, all right, fine. Just like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's a crazy yeah. moment. When Stanley snaps around, I was like, Senku didn't say anything. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of really cool stuff uh, happened this week. Was One Piece the worst chapter this week? Dora, yeah. Dora, run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right. yeah, okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this time, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on twitch.tv slash where we record the show live, going live roughly 7.30 Eastern time in the evenings on Wednesdays. Uh, but to stay updated on when exactly the show goes live, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are RoloT, Nick F. Time, and the podcast is WMR Podcast. You can also join the Discord server where there will be a message sent out saying exactly when the stream is going live. And you can, hey, just hang out with people. There's some wonderful chats where people talk about the current recommendation, the series that we cover the recap when new chapters come out, and also just bi-weekly game nights. It's very fun. Uh... We'd also like to extend special thanks to Ninja X3i, who maintains the Google Doc that keeps track of the uh, favorite chapter and MVP stuff that we, uh, Chris was referencing before. Uh, and uh, that helps us to, you know, also just like remember stuff that we've done prior. Yes. If there's a recommendation you would like to make, you can make it on there or add your vote to a series that has already been recommended or check out if your series has already been covered by the show, because there's been a lot of them and I certainly don't remember them all. Nah. So. We would also like to extend thanks to Wednesday Dale Cheddar and Milo Jack Stilitz, who created the opening sequence of Weekly Manga Recap that you can see on the YouTube version of the show at the beginning. The video versions are available on YouTube.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. The audio versions of the show are available wherever podcasts can be listened to, generally speaking, uh, including uh, WeeklyMangaRecap.Podbean.com and iTunes and Spotify and s stuff. Uh we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash recap, where we create bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Uh, we um, just did... Um, I don't know if it qualifies as an episode. Like, it was just... Uh, an, we, a, we, a, we did a discussion between the two of us. It was us. a there talk. Wa there wasn't, like, a, a general premise to it or anything like that, but it's been received, actually, fairly well. A lot of people really seem to like it as just the two of us talking, uh, and it got introspective and talked a bit about the past and... Uh, regarded some of our relationships to manga and it's a very interesting conversation i think um and it's available for everybody who's a, a five dollar patron yeah so there you go and 
We would also finally like to extend special thanks to Steve Mann, our occasional, occasional title card artist, who might get this video demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I need to get Mulder Man to be like, hey, can you put a giant Naputaku over the breasts? <laughs> I need something, please. <laughs> it's a little too risque, I think, for YouTube. <laughs> Even though I think um, it's I mean... I'm not too surprised with what happened. But... <laughs> I'm going to put it up regardless. If, if, if I can't get a, a, an edit, I'm just going to put it up there. Fuck YouTube. Fuck the system. It might get demonetized or it just might make us $1,000. Uh, you never know. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's going to be the former over the latter, but I'd be pretty happy with the latter. would be, on, be honest. It'd be pretty sweet. But, hey, so made reference to the recommendations and stuff. And, Chris, you've picked out our next recommendation. What's that going to be? Absolutely. So our next recommendation, as uh, we're moving along, is going to be a series recommended by GStala89. It is a series called Love Me For Who I Am. It Ooh. is a series about a non-binary individual who works at a queer cafe. Mm-hmm. And uh, is a... Uh, I have like a romance slice of life series I thought might be enjoyable. Uh, I was also intrigued because Carito Prime gave it an endorsement. And in my mind, (laughs) if it's great, I'll be like, well, G. Stala told us about this. But if it's horrendous, I'm going to be like, another Carito Prime piece of excellence. It's always good to cover all your bases, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just to be safe. Um... All right, so that'll be next time, everybody. And well, not next time, next time, not but next soon, it, it, yeah, soon, yeah. soon, trademark. All right, that's it. I guess uh, we're out. Yep. All right, goodbye. I, I, I'm done. I, okay, I, I didn't think I could top that with anything I was going to come out of my mouth next. So, All right. yeah, catch you nerds later. Peace. <laughs>